Welcome to Presence Church Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit PresenceOC.org. I'm going to call up um, my wife and Paris and Nicole. Today is our three-year anniversary. If you just came in late, that's today. Um, there's extra goodies in the back. We're going to have after church, so you have to stay for this, all right? We have a full taco lunch prepared for everybody here, okay? Um, and so we're going to have lunch together right after service, and um, that's free, um, whether you tithe or not, okay? Whether you tithe or not, it's free. It's for you, all right? <laughs> um, oh. We have a little special, excuse my voice, a little special surprise. Michael, if you want to hit the lights and play. We celebrate the king and we pursue the king. His kingdom comes with him. All of the kingdom of God is wrapped up in his presence, in his face. When we pursue his face in intimacy, in prayer, the kingdom begins to manifest everywhere we go. And these signs begin to follow those who believe. about it, we talk about what he is doing, we just kind of slowly start to like, how many of you guys just got ministered by some aspect of that, that something in your heart got touched, just, just raise your hand, like there's a part of you like, and maybe it was like, maybe it was radically a different subject, and your mind wandered, but it, but it, but it, but it stuck there, right, see that's, I, I, I have confidence that it's not about me on Sunday morning.
And I believe that the church has become so welcoming of the world's contracts that we have just lost sight of what kingdom covenant should look like inside of a community. We're so used to contracts. See, a contract, as you probably already know, is an agreement between two people. And that agreement can be upheld and honored. And so one person in that agreement decides to no longer be a part of it. And then it's null and void. But a covenant, a covenant is an agreement that I'm in this. And nothing that you do will have me peace and out. Christians, we are called to love. They will know us by our love. They'll know we're Christians by how we love people. And so when I think about the, 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 the confusion in the world right now, when I think about the sides warring against sides, and, and here's the reality, guys. The enemy doesn't actually care what side you're on. He just cares that you've picked a side and you're mad at the other side. He just cares that your heart is deeply offended and, and it's hardened towards other people. This is what the enemy's after. Because if you can shut down your heart and you can build massive walls, that, mean you, that means you're also walling yourself off against love. Listen, the gospel is about laying your life down for another. No greater love than you would lay your life down for somebody. Hey, you guys. What's up? This is Kristen Wise. Um, I serve here at Kids Church at Presence OC. And I just wanted to share, it's been super rad. I'm a mom of two young boys. Um, so initially, I didn't think maybe I could do kids, but since doing it, you guys, it's radical what you can learn from the kiddos and hearing um, how Jesus speaks to them and just what they get out of the lesson, it will totally rock you.
was awesome. I, I didn't know they were going to do that. I would have, I don't know, would have hid. I don't know. <laughs> it's always funny to see, see yourself on video, right, right, Kristen? <laughs> um, hey, well, so here's, here's kind of what we're planning before we, we dive into, um, uh, into, into tacos and goodness. And I think there's, they're going to be setting up in the back maybe in, in a little bit. But um, we just thought it'd be fun. If you guys were here last week or two weeks ago, we asked for questions and stuff. And we just thought it'd be, some stuff we just want to share, some tests, our favorite testimonies. Um, we just want to share with you guys kind of this past year and kind of recap. If you guys, while we're doing the first kind of little bit here, um, we wanted to give you an opportunity to keep asking questions. So if you have a topic, um, we'll try to get to a bunch of them. So um, do we have that slide, Michael? Um, there's a slide that has a, there's a phone number. There's two ways to ask questions. One is, not that one, uh, is there our, the phone number for the church. You can text it and we'll get it. Or you can actually reply to our little, um, the 9700 number that I text you guys on um, like five times a week. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but you can reply to that, and I think we'll get that too. So if you want to, we'll, we'll answer a couple that we've already gotten, and that would be fun to get a couple live questions. Um, like I said, one of the questions was, who's the best-looking pastor? I think we know that. So I'm, I'm going to move on. Um, <laughs> I'm not even gonna give that question dignity. Only when you have a stash. Only when you have a stash. <laughs> we should have a vote. Who who wants my mustache back? I'm just. <laughs> Only one vote counts, though. So um, I'm pretty sure it'll be a while. Um, <laughs> um, and somebody else said, "Who can do the most push-ups?" I'm pretty sure it's Paris. We did have a battle. I mean, you saw the video, right? We were in Mexico, and we had a push-up contest with Jonathan. And anyway, um, cool. We want you want to start? Yeah. Are we just jumping in on the questions or testimonies? All right. I have like a a man voice today. It's anointed, and we'll release a lot of favor over you. So you're welcome. Thank you, Nicole. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> um, we just wanted to share. If this is your first time again, actually, we just raise your hand real quick. Come on. So for your, <laughs> what a good Sunday to come on. Hey, I'm curious. Did any of you find us on social media or like on um, online somehow? Raise your hand if you found. I won't ask you any questions. Just raise your hand. Anyone on social media? You know, a couple guys found okay, us on, on Yelp. I come talked on. to you guys earlier. Two people. Oh, three. Listen. Cool. Go on Yelp and review the church, all right? All right? Pe people are coming. It's awesome. I love it. It's true. Our, our first baptisms, actually, we had two girls show up who um, just hashtag churches in Costa Mesa, and they found our church. They came and then got baptized the next week on Instagram. So um, if you're not following us on Instagram, presence underscore OC, and on Facebook, presence OC Church, you can share our sermons and share testimonies of what God's doing. It's incredible. Um, on the topic of testimonies, I can think of probably like five or six different uh, kids who have been healed of diseases that doctors said were impossible. Um, I'm reminded of a little guy. He was probably six or seven months and I was, I was rushing out the door one day and um, his aunt actually brought him. They were standing in the back and she said, I came for prayer, but there were a lot of people up front. And so um, he, he just got prayer. His internal organs were shutting down and the doctors were not giving great information to the parents. And so the aunt was like, let me take him to this church. 
And um, so she brought him. The parents weren't even here. And I, I got a report a couple weeks later that uh, Chalk Hospital had released him because there was nothing wrong. Um, so just radical testimonies around kids. There's something about kids. Obviously, God loves all of us and his children, but something about this place that just welcomes in um, the, the reports that seem impossible, the diseases that seem impossible, God just continues um, to show what's possible when we rely on him um, and bring these diseases and bring these, these reports to him and not to the world. So I just, I love kid testimonies. Um, I can think of another little girl. I think we shared this last year. She was, they were driving through California going somewhere. She was 11. 12 and she was deaf in one ear and in the middle of the service some of you who've been here you remember this she stands up and just starts bawling just weeping because her ear popped open a word of knowledge had been given um and so that's just the power of our God. Like we serve an incredible God um, that just does that for an 11 year old passing through, not a part of our community, not even in the same state, but just came by faith, word of knowledge, and then boom. Um, so those are some of my favorite ones. I have a hard time remembering all the testimonies that happened. I mean, I, it's just funny. I remember. Um, I remember there's a woman that got healed of, uh, of kidney stones. Was it gallstones? Kidney stones? Kidney stones. Kidney stones. In the bathroom. She went to go to the bathroom, and, and, the, and it no longer hurt to go to the bathroom, and she just started crying in the bathroom. And I'm like, amen. Amen. I remember my friend James, uh, James Anslow, who, you know, uh, I remember he was standing in the back, and we prayed for him, and his, and his neck, we had actually broken his neck. Um, it, he had broken his neck. And it, um, it, was, it, got, it didn't get completely healed, but it got really healed. And, and, and since then, I've been, it's been fun to watch him get better and better. But um, gosh, so many testimonies. Um, the little, um, little guy, seven-year-old with the glasses. Uh, he, they were coming a couple weeks, but he was born with a condition that made it so he couldn't see. And his eyes would cross and float. And he had to wear these glasses and patches. And he just could never see <clears throat> very well. And um, they just came up here, and we were just worshiping and praying. We weren't even doing, like, an official prayer time. It was just worship, and we just gathered around him. And throughout the service, they had him take off his glasses to check, and he was writing his name without his glasses, and the mom was crying, saying he can't do that without his glasses. Like, he can't trace that line. So, And they kept following up, because it's good to hear the follow-up, right? It builds the faith. Like, let's get the doctor's report. Let's actually see. Let's follow up. What is God actually doing? And they kept in touch with us, and it just it kept getting better and better to the point where the grandmother came over and was like, How, like wait, what? How does he not have his glasses on right now? I don't understand. So... God's really good. He's really, really good. He's alive and well. I, I didn't used to believe that God healed today. I grew up in the church, and I, I thought that was like in Africa, you know? Like, maybe like in Africa, but, right? Like, anybody else with me? Like, that's what I believe, right? Like, look at all you guys. See? Like, that's sometimes what you grow up believing if you don't see God heal. You just, you're used to just going, okay, I pray for you from a distance, but you don't ask. You don't check because there's no faith there. You just are like, I'll just pray. But when I learned about the, and I saw testimonies like these, it's like, oh, we, we're going to pray and we're actually going to ask you if it's better. Like, that's kind of scary. But if I believe God heals, I should probably do that, right? Like, let's actually check in with people and see a scale of one to 10, what's different, you know? So that's what I love about our God is that he's alive today to heal. He's not 
only in Africa or, you know, like where there's a desperate need. We all desperately need him. So, yeah, God's really good. Yeah, I'll just share one more. Um, I'll just read it so that it's uh, nice and short. But who was here when John Mellor came? Anybody? Okay. Very cool time. Um, If you weren't, that's okay. Here's one of the stories that came out of him being here this morning. 72-year-old Joe suffered pancreatic cancer and had a Whipple procedure 18 months ago to remove a tumor. But complications from surgery paralyzed his digestive system, and for 18 months... He could not eat food as his system could not process it and became blocked. The condition worsened, and for 15 months, he had not been able to swallow water or his own saliva. Otherwise, he would vomit it back up. He was on a 24-hour feeding tube. His kidneys had failed, and he was on dialysis. He had pain in his abdomen and constantly had to spit saliva into a cup, which he did on the stage here, had to. He was distressed and weary from not being able to swallow or taste water or food. Um, However, after prayer in Jesus' name that day in Orange County, all discomfort left his stomach, and he started to swallow his own saliva without regurgitating it. And then on stage in front of everybody, opened a bottle of water and took a large couple of gulps of it without any problem. Yeah, I distinctly remember him saying he was crying, and he, all he said was that the water, it tastes so good. It tastes so good, because he hadn't tasted it. Um, and so Jesus healed and touched so many other people that day. But it, he actually had a praise report from the morning after, because this was written the day of, that he hadn't regurgitated anything that next morning. He was able to hold down liquids, crazy stuff. Smoothies, oh yeah, smoothies, grapes. All sorts of stuff that he was no longer throwing up. He was able to keep it down um, after a messed up procedure. Um, I do want to say, uh, if you're wondering where Pastor Chris is and his wife Josie, they uh, really, really wanted to be here, um, but they got invited to speak up in Santa Cruz. Um, and uh, man, honestly, Chris is one of the one of the things that Chris is incredible at is is lighting fires in communities and bringing them to the next level. I mean, I think he really does here too, for sure, in our, in our communities as one of the leaders. Um, and so that's, that, that's where he's at now. Um, and then he's also taking a well-deserved baby um, honeymoon. Baby, um, baby. baby moon. Yeah. yeah. I wasn't sure if everybody knew what a baby moon was. That's good. So <laughs> anyway, that's what a baby moon is. So anyway, they're, 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 they're up there and really enjoying life. They do a great job of... Uh, of prioritizing um, rest and play and fun and stuff. So super good. So that's where he is. He super wanted to be here, of course. Um, we were trying to figure out ways for him to come down early and stuff, and it just, it just wasn't going to work, and it wouldn't honor the group that he was going to very well. So, good. yeah. Um, somebody asked a quick question. What does it mean? Yeah, well, one of the questions was, what does it mean that, the, that a testimony, um, that grace is available when a testimony is spoken? I figured we're just telling testimonies. Let's answer this real quick. So um, 
the, what it means when there's grace when a testimony is shared. So, you know, um, Revelations, it says that the, uh, that the spirit of prophecy is the testimony of Jesus. Now, prophecy, really what prophecy is about, I mean, it's a big word. Basically, you hear from God for other people. Prophecy is also is you speak um, what God is saying over a subject, over something. And sometimes it's about the future that wants to happen. I one time declared over a baby that they would, they would turn around and head out and you know, head down. And I said, in three days, it'll happen. And I, and I actually forgot I, I said that. And then two weeks ago, she comes up and says, hey, you remember you said that? Three days later, it happened. And the doctor was like, wow. And so I was like, sometimes if you don't speak it, it may not happen. I'm not saying that every time, but I, I, I've just, I've heard testimonies of people that, that just, and, that, and so I just want to say that, like, it's our job and our role as a Christian to actually hear from God and speak it out. So the, the testimony of Jesus, meaning what Jesus has done is the spirit of prophecy, meaning what Jesus does, okay, is, the, is, is going to prophesy about the future. So when we share testimonies about a back being healed, we don't just do it to puff up our church or even puff Jesus up because he doesn't need it. Right? Jesus isn't up there saying, man, they're not talking about me enough. I don't feel very encouraged. My words of affirmation aren't being met. Like, none of that, right? Jesus doesn't need that. He's not insecure. But what he wants us to do is talk about what's possible when God comes on the scene. And when you talk about it, there's a grace for it to happen again because our ears hear it and faith comes through hearing. And so even releasing testimonies, I have a friend of mine, Dave Harvey, up in Reading. He's one of the leaders. And he, he'll, he'll preach at a church and for 30 minutes, he'll just tell testimonies. And people will start to get healed in the meeting. So anyway, that's what it means when, when you tell grace. That's why we share testimonies. That's why you should listen to testimonies. You can listen to all kinds of things. Might as well listen to what God's doing instead of what the world's doing, you know? <laughs> okay, go ahead. Anyone else? Okay, so one of the things we wanted to share was um, some of the organizations, ministries, churches that we've actually supported, that you've actually supported a, a big heartbeat of ours as a leadership team um, and, a, and a house in Costa Mesa is that we would encourage and uplift other ministries, other missionaries, other churches in the area, that we wouldn't just be us focused, that we would be big C is what we call it, the big church. We'd be focused on what God is doing in the region. And so we just wanted um, to list off some of these. You might know some of these and you might not know some of them, but it's just good for you to know what uh, we are sowing into um, in our region because it's, it's actually pretty incredible. Paris and I have been a part of several church leadership teams and this church, not because the most money comes in, not because we're the biggest church, not because whatever, but because God's faithful. This church gives away so much and sows into other people like we've never been a part of before. So this is really to applaud you um, and to let you know what God's been doing. So two, two organizations we give into monthly is Glad World, which I'll let Jesse share about them if he wants. And then secondly, Refuge for Women, which is a human trafficking organization that houses women for free for a year. Um, and, and yes, we've been doing that for a year now. We also give to the local Costa Mesa Soup Kitchen. It's off of uh, 19th, so if you ever want to go serve them, there have been some radical testimonies of us showing up with chicks. And they're like, oh my gosh, we needed more pan pancake mix today. This is like an answer to prayer. Um, so we really feel like God has asked us to sow into Costa Mesa, to sow into this region, um, that other people would experience the love of God. So I know you probably have a couple more. Yeah, so we go, so Glad World, their ministries, and their ministry in Thailand, yeah. and they probably preach the gospel overseas. Um, probably up there with, I don't want to say better than anybody, but the best of them, with the best of them. They have, they're, they're going into places that they actually can't talk about. 
Um, they're literally taking boats to different islands in this uh, highly Muslim area and stuff. And it's just amazing. They're bringing their newborn baby around with them. And they're just doing it really well. Uh, we also uh, sow monthly into Josh and Sarah Colgrove. They're in Mexico at Ranchos de Sus Niños. And so we're sewn into, into an orphanage down there that actually has a world vision. They want to be in, uh, uh, I think, Romania. They want to be in um, Nicaragua. Uh, they're already starting to go out. So Ranch de Sus Niños is really powerful. They're doing great stuff down there. We actually have sent teams down there. So if you ever want to you know, have a heart to short-term missions down to Mexico and back, um, that's where we go also. It's an opportunity. Um, we, 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 if, you, if you want to know where we sow... It's one of the funnest things to do as a church, a church leadership. I know you, if you guys ever have input, you can email us and be like, hey, have you heard about this group? And we'll probably we'll reach out, find out more about them. But we're, we're always like, one of my favorite things to do is to go up to a pastor in the city and give him a check for like $400 and be like, listen, this is for you and your wife. Go, ha- go, go just spend this on something that you two need, not your church, not your community, you. And so we just, we just know that like, if we sow into leaders of other churches, we're going to sow into the whole body. And I remember we did it to one, one, uh, one pastor, and he just literally starts crying because he'd never seen that happen before. Another pastor just giving him money. And it was like, no strings attached. Like, not, you need to sew this somewhere. No, it was like, and he, and he literally was like, man, I honestly, we had a big parking ticket and this thing, and, they had to, and, we, and this covers the whole thing. And we, we were worried about what we we're going to do with money. It was awesome. So we do that a lot. We, we, we sew into individual minis, uh, missionaries a lot that are operating in our Costa Mesa area. We sewed into Gospel House a lot. And so this, that's what we get to do. Um, so if you're ever curious, you always can ask. You can email me, jesse at presenceoc.org. If you have other questions, some of you guys asked questions that um, weren't, they were a little personal, and I didn't want to, like, share, you know, the question with everybody because it, it would be really personal, and you might find out who it is. And, and so I, I responded to those people individually. But if you have questions and you just want, you want some help with a question you have, just email me, okay? And if we have to set up a coffee time, awesome. Okay, so that's just so you know that door's always open if you're ever wondering. Yeah, let's just jump to the questions that we can get to tacos. Amen? Okay, so. <laughs> uh, okay, we got a, you guys got a lot of questions coming in. So we're gonna, I'm going to try and stick to questions that feed everybody in a sense. So like questions that might be like a little right field, not bad questions, just maybe not everybody wants to hear them, okay? Um, and you can always email for the future, right? Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. And if we don't answer your question, you can email one of us, Nicole at Presence or Jesse at PresenceOC.org. And we're, just happy. We're, we're serving you guys. Like, this is my heart. Like, we're here because you guys are showing up. I'm just being real. Like, if you guys didn't show up, I'd do this at home anyway, right? <laughs> You know, it's just like, I show up because Bobby and Jordan show up, because Tommy and, and Ethan show up. Like, I do this because you guys are here. The cotton's like, that's why we're here, because we're going after God. And so we're just facilitating revival together. Okay. Um, what are some good questions to start with? What do you, you want to start with one? Do you know which one? Yeah, yeah so we're, we're trying to get through these. Um, someone asked. There's a bunch, too, so forgive us if we're succinct. And we won't be able to answer all of them, but someone asked. Um, what is the gospel in his first Corinthians 15, one through seven, uh, the true concise explanation of the gospel? I think this is a great question because there are a lot of believers who would not know how to give an elevator pitch of the gospel. And here's what I mean by this. You should, as a believer in Jesus Christ, be able in 30 seconds or less, tell people the gospel. 
It shouldn't have to be an hour long. It shouldn't be depressing. It should be full of hope. Because I've been in some of those circles, I'm gonna be honest. Um, it should be full of hope, right? The gospel is the teaching of the revelation of Christ. The gospel is the good news. And so 1 Corinthians uh, 15, 1 through 7, I think is a really good uh, Bible verse for that. But you should be able to tell people in 30 seconds or less what the gospel is. And this is something I'd actually practice. If you've never done this, write it down at home and have it ready. The word says that we are prepared at all times to answer the questions of those who ask. This is an easy way. You do not have to be a theologian. You do not have to have a degree. You do not have to feel qualified or educated. God uses people who are not qualified and not educated all through scripture. What do they have in common? They have relationship and intimacy with Jesus. And so if you have relationship and intimacy and you can share that in 30 seconds or less, I think you're doing a really good job. So write it down, practice it at home, share it with your, your spouse, your friend, your roommates. Um, it's really, really good to, to have. Okay. Um, God, there's so many fun questions. Like, um, can we can we do the financial one? This is good. Did you have one add on it? Oh, okay. One of the questions was I, I don't think we don't we don't talk about this very much, but a couple of questions like probably three of them were curious about what's the financial? How's the church doing financially in order to move in a new building? Um, what how's the financially doing with the offering and the tithes and stuff? And some of you guys don't, don't even care. You're like I'm here for Jesus. All that other stuff gets boring. I get that. Um, but I think, it's, I think it's good. I mean, if you ever want to know more of the finances, we're a nonprofit, and so the, all of that is actually public. Um, so to some level, I have no problem sharing with an individual level about some of this stuff. But, um, but financially, just so you guys know, like from the beginning, like we, if you guys don't, we started this church three years ago um, and with zero, zero money in the bank in the sense of like our nonprofit. Most uh, big churches don't launch churches with less than $250,000. Oh, wow. <laughs> I'm telling you, that's just, it's just real. Like they, they don't start churches with less 80,000, 100,000. We started with zero because we started with the word from God. I'm not saying they didn't. I'm just saying this is how we did it. And so like, so I just want to, I want to take you on that journey. Like literally we, we started in this nightclub from day one and they, they actually invited us in and, and gave us the building for free for over a year. Like that's, that's one, their hearts to see God's message preached is phenomenal. I just honor, the, honor the, the owners here. But also that's just God's favor on what he's doing. And if he's called you to do something, he will open doors one way or another, okay? Don't worry about the money side. Um, but in also that, like eventually we, had, we started paying rent and, and uh, we had another um, company open up an office space for us for three years for a free office that we held activate in. We had our staff meetings. And this, it was just amazing. So the way that we've been able to do more with less is just mind-blowing because you can't make this stuff up. But financially, honestly, like, we've been really blessed. Like, our checking account, our savings account, if you will, if this interests you, has been going up every month almost for three years. Um, we've been operating in a, in a positive cash flow. We, we've never had to take pay cuts. We've never, in fact, we've only increased our giving to other people. There's some months we give 20% of what comes in. 
Um, but we, I think our standard is 10%. We always give 10%. We like, okay, what, what did our community sow into the kingdom this, this month? And we say, all right, 10% right away, we're going to give out. And we just, we find, where is God calling us? Is it Heidi Baker? Is it, is it this mission? Is it this homeless group? Whatever. So that's what we've been doing. Sometimes we hit 12%, 15%. Um, and we just go by what feels really generous. And then we do a little bit more. So... Um, financially, we're doing really well, you guys. Um, as far as a building fund goes, do you want to jump in? Are you okay? Or I say it. So as far as a building goes, like, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> y- y'all probably heard me toot this horn way too many times, but Pastor Justin can chime in. We, uh, our heart and our goal and our vision is um, to first have family. Like to have a family, not have a church, not have just a company or an organization, but to have you, to have a family. Uh, Pastor Jesse and Jessica obviously are incredibly family-oriented, and this is what they, you know, eat and breathe and speak and act on. And so that's that's the biggest part of our heartbeat. But our, our plan for a, a building is that it would be a place for the community, that it wouldn't just be us. It wouldn't be our own little private place where we come and have God together, but that would have a coffee shop, that would have a CrossFit gym. That would have a smoothie shop and a shared workspace and a bookstore and that people would say hey Have you been to that new smoothie that new smoothie place in Costa Mesa or wherever God puts us? Have you been there? And they're like, no, oh, let's go. That way we reach the community. And it's not like, hey, have you been to that church? It's more like, oh, and I think a church meets there. We should check them out. Or the coffee shops giving out prophetic words on the coffee cups. Like, this is how we transform the world. Right? Like, I I have a huge heart for the local church, but the local church has to start reaching the needs of the community and be in a place and a space for people to come into. Because let's be honest, like the church buildings, people don't want to go there because they feel like they're going to burn down. Right? Y'all heard people say that I can't go to church because I'm going to walk in and get struck down. All the shame starts to come up. But boy, you you put a space where people from the community are going to come in. And also God is doing something there. Now, that will transform your city. And so that's, that's all of our hearts for the church building. And Jesse gives me the mic just to honor me because I, I get real fiery about it because I'm real excited about this place. So we ask, you know, I, I'm not afraid to ask. We ask that you partner with us in that. Some of you asked, do we have a building fund? We do. Yeah, we have a building fund. So if you want to give to that building fund, write it on your checks. Come give us lots of your money. It will be used to further the word of God. And God wants to use your faithfulness and what you sow. So if that's something that you're interested in transforming our region, you just let us know. And, and I think, yeah. Go ahead. And I think, honestly, we, we, we're, we're, we're constantly looking for a building. For the past year, we have, we have people send us like very detailed dreams that they get from God at night, like that literally span two or three nights. And it's mind-blowing what God is showing our community about the next building we're having. We've had a prophetic word. I remember Kathy Greer came up and shared us a word. And so we have lots of vision for our next building. But we're not willing to move ahead of him and jump into something that we're not called to. Um, That just sounds like a mess. Um, Especially when it means that we've got to put our money or God's money or your money or whatever you call it. I don't know whose money it is, but it's not not all of ours. And so part of that is we're, we're trying to... We're trying to walk really wise um, because just having a building doesn't mean anything. Um, God doesn't show up more because we get the right building. But really, it's, we, we want a building because our kids are, are I don't want to say locked in a room, but they're back in a room and it's small, you know, and we can't expand our kids' size, which means our families don't get to come here as, as much. 
Does that make sense? So our hearts are massively towards building a community that isn't a bunch of 30-year-olds and 60-year-olds. You know, like, not that we are. I'm just saying. Um, I, want, I, want, I, want, I want to be, have the capacity um, to really honor all the different kid sizes. So that's, that's what we're going. And then weekday stuff, too, and all that stuff. So we are, we're, we're going to be strategic about a building fund. So just know that we're going to have a specific drive for a building fund. We're going to talk about it at some point. We're going to launch it. It's going to be very specific and directed. We haven't talked much about it because we want to be really intentional when we first launch that. Does that make sense? Okay. <laughs> okay, that's good. Um, what other questions we have here? Um, does anybody have a question? Just want, no, I'm just kidding. I, I was told not to do that. Um, <laughs> one time I preached. You guys remember I preached and I asked que- and people asked questions? That was really fun. We should, we should do that more. I'm not afraid. I'm not, I'm not scared. I'm not scared. Um, <laughs> this one? That's a good one. What's the, where's that one? Next one up. That one? Click on it. Yeah. Now, what's the number one goal that wants to accomplish this year? The church wants to. Oh, the church. Where did I no. Okay. <laughs> what's the number one goal the church, this community, wants to accomplish this year? Or somebody else said it. What's the plan for year four? Go ahead. All right, I'll speak. All right, so here's, here's the deal. Here's what, I, here's, what my, here's what I get really excited about this year, Okay. Um, I get really excited about this year um, going after family and going after connection in our community more than ever. Some of you guys are like, can we do that anymore? I think I'm like, I'm, I'm in. Like, this is my, my family. I feel connected. Like, that's awesome if that's, that's where you're at. Like, but my, I, honestly, I dream, about, I dream about a setup team with 10 people every morning because because people are just so driven to get around each other a little bit early on a Sunday morning. I, I get really excited about people um, planning Taco Tuesdays because they just want to hang out more on Tuesdays together. So I, I just feel like, for me, my vision for this year is more discipleship that builds connection and community. Um, I'm, if you don't know me, I am, I am passionate about discipleship. I believe that you can plan a church and not get disciples. But if you make disciples, you'll always get the church. So I'm just, I think that way. I'm very pastoral in that sense. Um, and so I think this year we're, we're, we're getting ready to launch a, uh, um, uh, a weekly after church discipleship driven kind of uh, um, DNA course. We're raising up people um, in, in their beliefs and their walks. So they're, they're fearless, not just a message on a Sunday in worship, but actually like pouring into people. Um, so like a four to six week class that actually builds a mini, a mini family in that six weeks and then at the end, you, you realize I'm, I've been built up and I'm closer with the people around me. So discipleship is really big on me um, and, and family. Um, and also, say we, have, we have Chris Overstreet coming in August. He's a, he's a, yeah, come on, he's a, he's a radical revivalist, a leader in revival. He's living in Portland now. He just did, um, uh, what was the Portland thing called? What was it? Shout it out. Compassionate Action is his ministry. But there was a big stadium gathering in Portland that they just had. Anyway, we talked with Chris last week, so we're getting excited about, I am excited about um, more salvation. And so uh, Chris, Chris Overshoot's going to come in. He's going to set our church up, and um, we're going to build um, discipleship cells. I know. I know. There I am. Anyway, so that so evangelism. I mean, we have guys coming out. Jay is leading Tuesday 
evangelisms. And, um, and that is just, it's been awesome. Once a month we go down on Sunday. So I'm, I'm excited to see us develop more of that this year. So that's why I get excited. Anything else you want to add? Okay. Okay, go ahead and answer another one. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, on family, it's our passion because in family that you can't hide, you know? When you're, <clears throat> when you're together, when you build connection, <laughs> um, you, can't, you can't hide. And hidden things, when there's hidden things, um, you're less effective in a sense in the calling that you're supposed to walk in, in the message that you're supposed to preach to the world because there's shame involved, there's shame attached. And so if there's things that are hidden in your life, you'll be less likely to, to feel like you have something to give because of shame. And so family and connection and togetherness breaks off that shame. And you're finally seen and you realize I can be loved no matter what is in my heart, no matter what I've done or what I'm currently struggling with. And then you can be a light because you're no longer trying to hide it right so like the goal of family is is jesus being preached to the world it's not an internal huddle of like we just need to be connected we just need family no it's because family creates a whole person and a whole community moving and loving the people around us so that is why our main heart is family and connection amen come on come on that's my wife i'm her husband you got lucky you got real lucky. I, <laughs> um, I, there's just a quick one. Someone sent this in last week, and I, I was tempted to pass over, and then I just felt the Lord's compassion on it. It says, can God set me free from shyness and social awkwardness? Listen, God wants to use your shyness and your social awkwardness. A lot of times people worry about how can I focus on my strengths, but the word of God says that what? His power is made perfect in our weaknesses. So if that's a weakness of yours, I promise you God wants to use it. I'd also say if you feel awkward about your awkwardness, you get a mentor. You get a mentor, right? You, you get on, on Jesse's discipleship group. You find someone in the church. You, you hang out with Eileen. You're like, Eileen, I really like you. You're amazing. You, you follow the Lord and you're loving. I, I want to learn from you. You get with people in the community and you say, hey, is this awkward? Help me out. Like Pastor Jessica said, you get in family and you start to expose the lies that are not true in the areas that God actually wants to use or you get lots of massive upgrades. So I just wanted to share that one because I just, I just felt the Lord's compassion on it. My husband's going to answer a deeper one than that one. Can I, can I jump on that real quick? I just want to add to that. I love what she said. Like if, if you think that shyness and awkwardness is something you want to change because you know it's not who you are, that's awesome. But if you're naturally a very shy person, it, like events aren't extroverts. Okay, they're just people that talk to people about Jesus. So if you're if you find like oh, I feel like I'm being limited, why don't you step into the beauty of an introvert? Why don't you step into the fact that you're probably really good at talking to one person one on one for 20 minutes and getting to know them deeply, versus 10 people for four seconds? Okay, Hallelujah, extroverts. I love you all. I'm with you on that one. Like fight the power. Like 10 second 10 second conversations. I'm on to the next one. But. I'm an if you're an introvert and you think, well, I just feel shy and I'm not as valued in this community or because I just feel like loud is valued, like, uh-uh, uh-uh. So learn to realize, like, well, what do you love about me? And then just like she said, like, value your strengths. And so if, 
if you just do really well with the same three or four people, but you go deep and you go quality, come alive in that. But that doesn't mean you have to feel awkward. So if you're feeling awkward, maybe something's happening. There's lies. There's lies. There's lies. Do you have more on that, honey? Slay them. <laughs> okay, go ahead. All right, really quick, I'll just try and be as concise. This could be a big topic. Um, here's a question. I thought you guys were going to be like, yo, uh, Pastor Jesse, what's your favorite color or something like that? But you guys, some of you guys went deep. It says, are Satan and his demons actual beings that exist presently on earth who lead people astray and away from God? Or is this evil concept present in people, believers and non-believers, due to our sin nature? So my, my first thing with, with everything is either either prayer or a Bible. That's, that's, that's the first place I typically go to. So if you have Ephesians 6, it says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take a stand against the devil's schemes, right? For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against authorities and against powers and against the dark world and against spiritual forces of the evil Right? Heavenly realms. Um, Second Corinthians, the God, that's a lowercase g, not God, but the God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ who is the image of God. Okay, First Timothy 4, the spirit clearly says that in later times some will abandon the faith and follow deceiving spirits and things taught by demons. Okay? Uh, there's another one. It says test the spirits. Here's the point. I think that the devil is... A one kind of guy. He cannot be everywhere in the, at one time, right? So no offense, but I'll just take it to me. I don't think he's going to try and come and influence me, me not being a, 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 a kingdom ruler or anything like that. So if you're like, yo, the devil made me, made me do it, probably not true, guys. I'm sorry. You're not like, you know, a big, a big person of power. But I think that for believers, because they're asking the difference between demons and sin nature, right? Like, which one is it? Is it my flesh or is someone influencing me? I think that for our believers, our sin nature, our old man, is the means by which they use to remind you, right, to try and gain influences based on that old man that you were called to reject that should be dead. So I think they try and wedge in there and they're like, hey, you remember that old guy or that old woman that used to be, okay? And so it's kind of like this two-in-one where they're trying to influence the old nature, okay? Um, so that, I think that's, that's the one thing. But... Paul seems to state that demons will continue to be involved and draw away people to the end days, to the end of days. That's, that's the reality. But the answer, guys, is that Jesus already won. There's not, there shouldn't be this worry. That's really not the focus. It's a, it's a decent question, but that's not where our attention lies. It's not back on this, oh, worry, the devil's going to get me, the demons are going to get me. It should be shifted to Christ. If it's always shifted to Christ, you're not going to have an issue. That's the point. Amen. Somebody asked how, how, how much time I spend in the presence of the Lord. It's probably because I look like Moses and I'm glowing with the glory. So I understand your question. Um, the answer is 24-7. All right. We got a lot of fun questions. Um, and some questions, that we're going to try and wrap this up because we can literally just keep sharing and stuff. And, um, and I, my stomach's getting hungry. Um, but, and, the, and, the, and our kids, actually, they... they <laughs> Being cooped, no. Two hours. Two hours. That's a lot. All right. So we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna let we're gonna let you guys go in a couple minutes. I just want to share some of the questions you guys asked, just because it's kind of fun to hear some of the questions. Like, how do I know what God's will is when I don't get confirmation? Isn't that a great question? Come on. Um, very practical. I love it. Does it say anywhere in the Bible that we are not holy? Why do some people believe that, or even preach at some churches, when Jesus calls us holy and righteous? Good question. 
no idea why people don't actually live that out. Anyway, um, <laughs> other questions. Um, can God say, oh, that was a good one. Um, what does the gospel say? Do you believe once saved, always saved? Ooh. <laughs> Damn fighting words. <laughs> Um, listen, if you're already asking that question, you're either asking it for yourself because you had a really rough night, maybe, and you're wondering, like, am I still saved? Or you're asking for somebody else um, because maybe they walked away from God and you're really concerned about them, right? Those are the two things I think about. Um, I, I, I mean, it's, here's, is, it, is, it, is it tough? Honestly, a lot of people are all over the place with, um, with this question. I think it, just, it, it can be polarizing because there's scripture that says, like, how can you re- um, how can you lay a foundation for repentance after you've already, after I've repented? I think the, the, here's what I, I, I lean towards. If you're asking the question for yourself, you're already in the, in the right place. If you're asking the question like, am I still going to heaven? It means you care enough to ask the question. My guess is you didn't lose your salvation, okay? You haven't given your life to Satan. You, you, yeah, you haven't given your life to Satan, right? Like if you're, it's like a very intentional thing. Jessica, yeah, she says it's a very intentional thing to give your life to Satan. Yeah, you surrender your life to somebody else. It's a very unconscious decision. So if you're asking the question, you probably haven't done that. And here's the deal. Who saved you in the first place? So it wasn't your efforts that got you saved, right? It's his grace. It's by faith. It's by grace through faith that you got saved, right? It's in believing who he is. So... I, I don't know that now, you didn't have the ability to get yourself saved. Do you have your, the ability to get yourself unsaved? Or, or to keep yourself saved. Or to keep yourself saved. Yeah. You know, Paul talks to the Galatians about, listen, you got saved through grace, and now you're trying to work to stay there. Yeah. I mean, you've been bewitched. He says you've been bewitched by trying to say, stay in a place of salvation. So I, I, I kind of... You know, this is a bigger topic. There's bigger theologians than I am. I'm a pretty happy Christian that, like, if I have a bad day, I just, I like to say I'm sorry and move on and, and, and just be really okay that he still loves me regardless. So, but if I'm talking to somebody else that, or I'm worried about somebody else, like, if you're thinking that direction for somebody else, it probably means that they need extra love. It probably means you should re- just reach out to them and see how they're doing. Does, it, does that make sense? Like, we shouldn't be sitting on the sidelines judging whether people are still saved or not. We should probably just reach out to see how we can help them. So I don't know the exact answer for you, how you want to interpret that. I tend to go down the road of, like, once Christ saves you, I don't know how you get unsaved. Um, I just, I don't understand how you can undo the blood of Christ. Um, But there is scriptures out there that lead people down that road. Or to... Yeah, I mean, the other question is, is if you're worried if you got unsaved, were you ever saved in the first place? And that's just, that's a really easy question, because if you're worried about it, you should probably just give your life to Jesus again. <laughs> I, I think I've done it 10 or 12 times now, to be honest. Like, how, I can't, I've lost track of the altar calls. I'm just laying on the floor and saying, Jesus, I give you my whole life. And he's like, we did this six years ago, but we can do it again if you want. Like... And so if, if, that, if you're one of those people that just, you know, any chance you get, Benny Hinn gives an altar call, you're the first one to the front for pregnant women that are, you know, like, I'm not pregnant or a woman, but I'm up for this one, right? Like, <laughs> like if that's you, I, I encourage it, right? If you, if you want to get re-baptized in the Holy Spirit, do it. Um, there's no harm. <laughs> 
But, but we should never be worried about the weather is saved. And if you are, is a real quick solution. Just repent and, and just, just tell God how you're feeling. That's good. Somebody say, I received that. Is that what I said? <laughs> um, that's it. Oh, Paris, you want to say something? Yeah, this one's really quick. Do I have to be baptized to get saved? Um, my, my short answer is no. I would say that it's kind of like, do I have to have uh, a formal marriage ceremony in order to be married? Uh, the, the answer is no. So th that is, it's basically baptism, right of identification, not salvation. So if you, Acts 2.38, it says, Peter said to them, repent and be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So is it good? Yes. Is it required? No. But they always say, go be baptized. So if this case of this like, Oh, I don't need to be baptized. It's just a matter of pride. Like, what's the point? That's, the point is, go be baptized. This is a declaration of what you believe inwardly, expressed outwardly to everybody else. And really, you should just want to do what Jesus did. Yeah. <laughs> the only qualification for salvation, it says it again and again and again, is believing in him. Yeah. Believing in him and following him. Right? There's no prayer to pray. Never says pray a prayer, you'll get saved. It says, if you, if you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth, you'll be saved. So salvation is that, okay? Now, I, I believe with, I think what Paris is awesome, like, be baptized, though, because I believe that something actually spiritual breakthrough, something happens when you get dunked under a water and you get brought out. It's a prophetic act, but it's also prophetic with power. So that's why we baptized people in the ocean last year. This summer, we're going to do it again. Um, down at the beach, it's going to be awesome. Chris Overstreet is like, do you think when I come, we could baptize people in the ocean? I'm like, yeah, Chris, we could do that. So baptism is powerful. There's also a baptism of the Holy Spirit, which doesn't mean you're not saved or not if you have it. And actually, I don't think it doesn't mean you have the Holy Spirit if you don't get baptized in the Holy Spirit. But there's an activation. There's a powerful thing that happens when you receive that comes upon you. Jessica, she could preach for an hour in the baptism of the Holy Spirit and laugh the whole time. It's a gift she has. Um, but anyway, I believe in all the baptisms. I'll be all that stuff. But salvation, it's really important that we get this. That you just got to believe. And you get brought into the sonship and daughtership of God. Yeah? Cool. It, is it, <laughs> I'm being prodded by my amazing team. Listen, if, if, if you're here, can we stand? Can we stand? Let's, let's, let's get you on your feet. We'll get some tacos in you. But before we do that, before we do that, I think, I think it's awesome. If you're here, we... We try, we don't do it every time. Honestly, to, to, our heart is to actually actually give a, a call for salvation every Sunday. And I'll be, I'll be realistic with you. It happens maybe two to, two, two to three out of four Sundays a month. But we try to because if we talk about it, we're going to see it. So whether it happens every Sunday or not, we want to actually have a habit that heaven knows they can bring people here and they'll get saved, okay? So even just today, if, if, if you're here and, and something happened during worship or maybe you haven't been to church in a while and you just feel like, Man, am I, am I even saved? Maybe you had that thought in your head. Like, I, I think I got baptized when I was four. Um, I've been to some churches a couple times, but I don't know if I'm actually saved. I don't know if, I, and you just don't feel confirmed in that, okay? Today's the day. Today's the day. Whether this is your home church or not, now is the time. Now is the time to tell God that you're ready. That you're ready. Everybody say this with me. Say, I'm ready. It's today. Come on. And, and so I just want to write now, like if, if that's you and you want to give your life to Jesus, as soon as we're done here, as soon as we're done, I want you to come up and, and talk to me or my wife. Uh, if Paris and Nicole are up here, just come find us. 
I want to I want to I want to know that hey I recommitted my life to Jesus today it's been a long time or I've, I've never known him and I actually I need to know what it's like to give my life to Jesus and so um, yeah so if that's you right now you just know in your heart like something's happened um, I, Father, we just pray right now, God, that you would touch people. I pray right now for everybody in this whole church that after, after three years of burning for you, Father, I pray that you would touch every single person here and that we would burn brighter this next year, God. I talked to someone this morning that she's new to Christianity. I told her, it says, you will never burn out. You will always burn hotter for you. will always grow more in love with Jesus. As a community, if somebody actually asked the question, how is presence different or unique? And I don't know how we are, but this is one of our highest values above all things, that we would grow more in love with Jesus every day of our lives. And I, and I, I will never apologize for putting a burning heart for Jesus above um, a put-in-place service with structures and all this other stuff. Uh, we're going to work on that if we have to. But a priority in this community is that we actually build and create and transform believing believers into fiery Jesus image people. And so, God, we just, we just speak over every one of you here, every one of you here. We just commission you to grow more in love with Jesus, to get all your dysfunctions healed in Christ, to get all the things that cause anxiety radically healed right now. And, and so in Jesus' name, we just we ask for greater freedom in year four, greater levels of, um, of sharing our faith with people and our coworkers, the one-on-ones. Um, God, we, we pray for greater miracles, signs, and wonders for this year. And if it just, just, just agree with some of the stuff. If, you, if, this, if one of these things hits a nerve, just say, that's for me, God. God, we pray for two, um, this next year is the year of marriages, God. That there's going to be marriages that are even greater healed. That they're going to have more fruit in marriages. Father, this is the year that sons and daughters come back to mothers and fathers. This is the year that we see mothers and fathers stand up and put their arms around more kids than they ever have, Father. Yeah, God, we thank you, God, for this, Lord. Can we just do that right now? Just take two minutes. Would you just start praying for this next year for our church? And just right now, just say whatever you, God's put on your heart, just say, God, would you do that? Just start, just even a whisper or something. Just start praying for what you want to see in this community. And if you're not part of this community, if you're visiting, just bless us with your words right now. Father, we thank you, God. We thank you. We lift up your arms. Jesus. Wow. Ha. Yeah, Father, we pray that your Holy Spirit would lead us into connection and into going out. This is a year that we grow in love for the forgotten, for the lost, for those that don't feel worthy, for those people that have felt excluded from the church. God, this is the year that the lost and the broken and the poor are reached in like never before all over our city. Yeah. Yeah. And I think this is, I feel like, I feel this for a lot of you here. This is the year that you find your place, that you find your way. And so I just pray for families, for each and every one of you, whether this is it or somewhere else, I pray that this is the year that you find a family that you can run with, that believes in you and you believe in them, that you find a family that pushes you through hard things. This is the year that you find belonging. 
Bible says he sets the lonely in families. And so, God, I thank you that this is that year, God. This is that year. Hey, and lastly, I want to say, if, if, if you volunteered this past 12 months, I want you to raise your hand right now. Raise your hand. If you volunteered, even just, just for a few, for a couple months, and you realized you had, you know, you couldn't, just, just, you volunteered this month. That's awesome. Can we just celebrate you guys? Thank you so much. Thanks for, for picking up trash, setting and tearing down the stage. And I just want to honor, I got the mic still, don't I? Ha <laughs> ha. This is, this is Tim Hargrove. He's not, he's not going anywhere. He's not leaving. But Tim and, and Jen, their whole family, they, they have been here almost from the very beginning. Day one. Woo! <laughs> and and they, I think Tim has been, I mean, their whole family is amazing. Saul was my intern, they're, they're, you know, their son-in-law. Um, but, but Tim, from, the, from day one, has been just this consistent, just man, not, a, not just a man of God, but he's been a man of joy. And, and he's, been, he's been on the setup team almost every single Sunday. And, and I mean that truthfully, like it's, it's almost every Sunday. So if you just go, everybody just say, wow. wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing, right? Because I'm like, I don't know that I can do that, right? But I just want to honor you, Tim. You have, it, so I say that because he's, he sent me a text the other day. And he says, Jesse, I, I really feel God leading me in a different direction. So I feel like I need to step down. I'm sorry if I'm embarrassing. Uh, but he, but he's, he, I, I feel like he's leading me to step down from the setup team. And he does the words almost every other week or something like that on the, on the screen. And so Tim, Tim is, he has just sowed his life and his joy and his sweat. Um, he literally gets off work on Sunday mornings and then comes here to do setup team. And I'm not trying to shame anybody. For, you don't, obviously, you don't hear that. But I just, I, just, I want to honor this incredible father in this community. He is a father's grandfather. And Tim, we just want to say thank you for giving us a place to sit down. Every seat is placed with joy and with excitement for what's going to happen today. I mean, I just, we can't honor you enough. And your whole family that they let you come here early because they lose you those first couple hours. So anyway, we love you. Thanks for serving. Just give them just joy. He probably hates this, so, but, yeah, he, he brings a lot of people joy in the morning, so he is just, a, he's just, he's an overwhelming floor. All right, so hallelujah, you guys, to this next year is going to be amazing, thanks for being part of it, have some tacos, feel celebrated, um, and you might just want to grab some chairs and face each other if there's, if you're running out of seating, but we're going to do tacos, they're outside the front door, I think it's first come, first serve, because... Jesus loves you all the same, so go for it. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. Be sure to visit our website at presenceoc.org to find out more about Presence Church.